Hi everyone, Don here. Welcome back to Friday Night Stripes. Um, tonight we're going to do a, a big episode, um, not necessarily long, but big in impact. It's about the uh, 40, 25 second play clock, um, the, the rule change that's come in this year. Those of you who have done college, I don't believe it's very different from that. Um, but those of you who don't have exposure to it, it's just something to get used to. Um, after you dig into it a bit, um, you'll notice it's not it's not difficult. Um, it is a change that, that we all have to um, get used to. Um, so I've been doing some planning as far as for this episode. Uh, um, we've got the episode and then also I created some plastic cards about the size of a business card um, that I'm going to send to anyone who wants one um, that lists the different scenarios in which the 25 second clock is in effect. So it can be something you use for pregame study. Um, it's business card size, so it could fit in your in your notebook that you carry out on the field if you need it there. Um, not that we want to be flipping that out and and, and saying, okay, is it now? Um, but for quick reference, it's there and available to you. Um, I'll also be putting the image of what I printed on the card um, on the Twitter feed and on the um, show notes for this episode so that you can download the image if you'd like and print it out yourself. So if you want one, just go ahead and send me an email at hello at FridayNightStripes.com or message me on Twitter at FridayNightStripes.com or hit me up on the face group, Facebook group as well. Um, there are a ton of materials out there for getting ready for this rule change. Um, it's a significant rule change. Um, and it's one that is going to have a big impact on the way coaches are calling games. I've already heard that a lot of the schools in our areas are going to no huddle um, just to be ready for the rule change. So um, big impact overall. So looking forward to it. Um, let's dive in. Um, before What I've got today is I want to go over some of the basics of the rule change. And then I've got a list of about 10 plays. Um, it's just a series, not a series, a series is a series of downs. It's, um, it's about 10 plays in a row that a team A will have and we'll run through all 10 plays. We'll talk about the, the play clock that comes into effect after that play and we'll just go through them all. And we should hit most of the scenarios that you'll see out there on the field. So the first thing I want to um, start with is when does the 40 second clock start? The 40 second clock will start at the end of the previous play. And there are four signals, four official signals that will signify the end of the play. They are an incomplete pass signal. They are a stop the clock signal for a run out of bounds. The third one is a wind for a run that stops near the sideline but not out of bounds that is considered also the end of the play signal um, i will usually do a wind and then i'll come up with the uh, fourth signal which is a open palm above my head that's the fourth signal that's for the end of play at the end of a normal play where you don't have other signals to give so those are the four um, at that point, the back judge, who should be maintaining the clock in most scenarios, will flip the switch on their 
uh, ref timer, whichever one they've got, or uh, up in the box, if you've got a field clock, field play clock, they'll flip it there as well. Um, that's when the 40-second clock will start. The uh, Locally, we've been told that the, the back judge should get that play clock started within three seconds of the last play ending. Um, that's to give just a little bit of leeway to that back judge so he doesn't feel pressured. Because um, if he's the covering official on a play, you don't want him doing 30 things. You want him to go through each step he needs to go through and get that play clock started. So um, that, that guidance is just more to eliminate a little bit of the stress of, of adding it. So those are the four signals. And it's important to remember those as the other officials because those are the ones what, that will get the play clock started by the back judge. Um, the next section I wanted to hit was the ready for play. Um, there's no longer going to be, in most cases, a chop or a wind with a whistle from the referee signaling ready for play. We, we won't always have the referee signaling a ready for play. So a few things will change there. So number one, let's talk about what the ready for play is. So the ready for play is being defined as when an official spots the ball and steps away to his position. Now normally that's going to be the umpire spotting the ball and then stepping away. Sometimes it's the referee and then other times it might be one of the other officials for some reason. Um, but that is what's going to signal the ready for play on a standard 40 second play clock. Um, that's significant for a number of reasons. There are a number of rules that deal with the ready for play in the definition of the rule. Let's, let's go ahead and go through those. We'll start with the easiest one, which is encroachment and false start. Um, those both become active when the ball is ready for play. So if we don't have a referee whistling a ready for play, the players are going to have to be aware that when that ball is spotted and the official steps away from his position, the ball is ready for play and then we come into it. Now, if a defensive player enters the neutral zone after the ball is ready for play, technically encroachment. I'm going to let you decide uh, based on your judgment and your association's guidance on whether you're going to be uh, throwing that flag every time or whether you're going to be doing some preventative officiating to talk to the players and help them through that situation. Um, similarly, on the offensive side of the ball, if for some reason an offensive lineman's gone down into a three or four point stance um, before the ready before the ball was set and then the umpire sets the ball and then steps away, the ball's ready for play, and then they decide to substitute lineman out. If he raises up, you have a false start. Again, I'm going to let you use your judgment on to whether that's uh, a foul you will call every time in every situation or if there are situations where you might just uh, warn the player, give him some guidance, talk to the coaches. Um, similarly, the snapper is responsible for the ball once the ball is ready for play. So if for some reason he's got his hands on the ball before it's ready for play, and let's say the umpire sets the ball, 
the center goes down, puts a hand on the ball, and then the umpire steps away, and then they, the offense decides to change and do something, and the center raises up and releases the ball, you've got a snap infraction. Um, so again, there's not going to be that whistle marking ready for play with a 40-second clock. Um, one of the other ones that sometimes gets confused, and this is a broader discussion, is the line to gain. The line to gain is not set until the ball is ready for play. So previously, if you had a first down, so team A went and gained a first down, um, and then you had a dead ball foul after that, if that dead ball foul came before the ready for play, then the line to gain had not been set, and you would march off the penalty and then set the line to gain. Um, that hasn't changed. What's changed is what marks the ready for play. So everybody's going to have to be aware. And, and really, this will come down to whoever spots the ball is going to have to be asked, had you stepped away from the ball to mark it ready for play before that foul happened? So that's what's going to dictate whether the line to gain had been set or not. Um, finally, um, Players have all 11 players that are going to participate in the play have to be inside the nine yard marks, which are usually the numbers, um, after the ready for play. So, this rule again has not changed, it's just made it more silent. So, it's something we're all going to be a bit more aware of, um, especially uh, as I've been hearing and as I said. Teams are going to be running a little bit more no huddle in our area. So what I could see happening is a wide receiver who ran a fly pattern down the sidelines just going to run back up the field, get set in his position, never coming inside the nine-yard mark. He can't do that. He's got to come inside the nine-yard mark after the ready for play, and then he can go back out to his position. Um, the way I normally, the way I've, I've officiated that in the past is if the defense has matched up with him, then I don't do anything about it except talk to him, except talk to the coach if I'm on that sideline um, and say, hey, the rule st stipulates that he's got to come inside the nine-yard mark every play. Um, he can't just run up and down the sideline. So it, it's, again, one you're going to have to to watch and be a little bit more aware of when did the ready-for-play happen um, because there won't always be the whistle or the, the obvious signal that there's a ready for play. So those are really the, the important things to consider. Um, what I'd like to do now is go through a series of plays and talk about each one and, and what the play clock's going to be, what the signals are, when the play clocks, when the 40 second play clock is going to start, if it's 40, when the 25 second play clock is going to start, if, if we're in that situation. Um, the way to think about the, the 25 second clock now is it's for most administrative or, um, or charged timeouts. So a lot of scenarios covered in that. Um, we're talking about penalty administration. We're talking about injury or a helmet comes off um, or an equipment problem. We're talking about a measurement. We're talking about, you know, your scores. Those are all, those all cause the clock to stop. 
Um, we're talking about the start of a of a each period, including overtime, um, administrative stoppages, chains got tangled, or um, number of other things where we'll stop the clock and we'll say it's an official's timeout. That'll cause 25 second clock. So, so really, that's that's the way I'm trying to frame it in my head. Um, and there are exceptions to that, and and the exceptions are usually what get everybody in trouble. Um, but that's generally the thought. So. Um, let's go over these plays and and we'll talk them through so we've got first out and 10 on team a's 20 we'll say um team a passes it for 15 yards uh the pass is caught there's then a fumble and a pile of bodies um so well, because there's a pile of bodies the the covering officials cannot tell who's got the ball and they're digging and it's taking a while to dig and determine who has the ball so at that point i personally will go up and and call timeout um, because the clock's running while we're trying to dictate d determine who's got the ball so i'll go ahead and call timeout wh while we unpile the bodies uh, that may not always happen but in this case that's considered an administrative timeout so we'll unpile the bodies we determine that a recovered the ball um so it's first down a um, because it was an administrative stoppage, it's going to be a 25 second clock on the ready. This is when the, uh, the referee would go ahead, whistle and wind because it's a 25 second play clock. He's going to whistle wind to start both clocks. Um, it's first down and 10 again. Um, there's a run for 14 up the middle. Uh, so the covering official is going to come up and signal uh, with an open hand above his head that the ball is dead. Notice it's a first down, reach up and, and give a stop the clock signal. Um, and then it's the end of the first quarter as well. So first quarter's ended. We're going to start the second quarter. Um, because we're at the start of a quarter, this is a 25 second clock. And it's a 25 second clock that will start on the snap. So the referee will will do the the will move to the other end of the field the referee will give a ready for play whistle and the the clock the game clock will start on the snap because it was the start of a new period next play we're first down and 10 again um and we get a run for five off tackle inbounds so the um the covering official will come up with his hand in the air no other signal the back judge will go ahead and flip the clock to start for 40 seconds. So that was it. There's nothing on, um, there's nothing else involved there. Very straightforward play, very simple, 40 seconds and we're going. Second down and five. Um, there's a run uh, along the sidelines. The runner is tackled inbounds after a gain of 10. So depending on your association, depending on the guidance you've been given, um, this is one where I'm going to wind because I'm going to show that he's in bounds. I'm going to look up. Notice it's a first down. I'm going to come up and call a, call a timeout to stop the clock to move the chains. But the 42nd clock should have started on my wind because that marked the end of that play. So, And because a first down does not cause anything to happen with the 42nd clock. So what will happen here, because we've got a first down, is I've, wind, I've wound, I've stopped the clock, 
Back judge has already started his 40. We get the ball set in a reasonable amount of time. The umpire sets the ball, steps away. The referee will give a silent wind, no whistle, to start the game clock. The referee's not doing anything with the ready for play in this scenario. His wind is not the ready for play. His wind is to start the game clock. Um, the guidance uh, from NHS has been that he should go ahead and wind it um, when minimally the box is set. Um, if the box is not set, the linesman has been instructed to drop a beanbag for the placement of the box. The guidance, again, is that in under no circumstances should the play clock be reset to 25 seconds because of a slow play crew. I'm sorry, a slow chain crew. So this is this is a mechanic they brought over from college that we're just dropping our bag if they're not set and we'll deal with it after that play. And and the headlinesman should also note in his head the 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 uh, yardage line just in case something happens to the beanbag. So that's generally what's going to happen. Um, so there we are. We've got another first down and 10. Um, pass down the field. It's incomplete. So the covering official will give his incomplete signal and the back judge will start his 40 second clock. There will be no other signals on the play. The umpire will set the ball step away. That's the ready for play. We have a second down and 10. Um, we have a 17 yard pass. However, it's coming back because the umpire has thrown a flag because one of the uh, offensive linemen was too far downfield and, and we have an ineligible downfield. So we're going to, we're going to kill that. We're going to stop the, mark the end of the play because there was a completed pass down the field. So we're going to mark the end of the play. Back judge will flip his clock to 40. However, somebody else is going to come in and call a timeout. The umpire should because he threw the flag. He's going to call a timeout. They're going to go administer the penalty. The 40-second play clock at that point is moot. And once the penalty is administered, then we will go to a 25-second game clock. Because it was a completed pass, the referee will give a wind and a whistle for the 25-second clock because the clock is running. Um, so we've marched that off. It's second down and 15. We have a 10-yard run. However, uh, so the covering official comes in, holds his palm up to mark the end of the play. The back judge flips for a 40-second game clock. However, the runner's not getting up. The runner's staying down. He's injured. So we, we wait for a couple seconds, see if he's going to get up. It appears he's he's rolled over and he's laying on his back now. He's not getting up. So somebody's going to come in and kill that play. Um, not kill the play, but kill the clock um, with, a, with a stop the clock signal. Um, and then we're going to wait for that injury to clear. Um, once that injury clears, we're going to go ahead and reset everybody. Again, the referee is going to give a whistle wind, and that's going to be the game and the play clock because the previous play ended inbounds, nothing to stop the game clock, so both clocks will go. Injury is one of those administrative stoppages where we're going to have a 25-second clock. So now we've got third down and five. Um, we've got a four-yard run out of bounds. He's just short of the, uh, of the line to gain. 
um, but clearly short of the line to gain. So covering official is going to come in um, with the stop the clock signal. He's going to, and that's when the back judge will flip his 40-second clock on. Um, and then the teams are going to, we're going to set the ball and go. Um, again, the, the ready is when the umpire sets the ball and then steps away. There's no other signal in this case. Um, however, the team A is, is indecisive as to whether they want to punt or go for it. So they've called a timeout. So we're going to come up and, and kill everything um, and administer the timeout. Um, both teams go to their sidelines. They come back in. Uh, nothing happens. We just have a normal punt. Punt downfield. It's fair caught. Nothing happens. We've got a change of possession, and it's after a legal kick. So we're going to go with a 25-second clock. Um, with a chop and the game clock will start on the snap because we have the start of a, of a new possession. So that was a lot to absorb. There was a lot in there. There's, there's no question of that. Um, when I wrote these 10 plays together, I, I definitely got the feeling that going through them all there, it was very meaty. So um, I tried to, tried to pace myself going through those. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it wasn't too fast. Hopefully, um, if, if there were any questions you have, you can, you can certainly rewind, listen to it again, work through it. Um, there are plenty of materials out there um, for, uh, for us officials to get used to these um, rule changes. And again, I, I, I will have the plastic cards um, that have all the situations where you would have a 25-second clock, and I'll be sending those out to whomever wants them. So um, be watching for uh, for the release of this episode on Twitter. I'll be including the image, and if you'll send me your um, mailing address, I'll be glad to send a couple of the plastic cards to you. Um, you can also send me an email at hello at FridayNightStripes.com with your mailing address, and I'll be glad to send you uh, the plastic cards as well. Um, if you have any questions, certainly go ahead and, and uh, also hit that email address or ask on the Twitter feed at Friday Night Stripes. Um, that's about it. I, uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to pulling this rule in. It, put, it moves us closer to what college is using and and I think for all of us that helps us grow and that helps us get to where we may be able to to move on to uh, upper divisions of, of officiating so I don't mind when we we have this merge of, of rules and it, it'll be a nice thing um, that's pretty much it for today um, big topic covered in about 20 minutes um, so probably too fast but uh, we'll, we'll go with it uh, in upcoming episodes, we're going to be talking. We're going to be breaking down each um, each position on the field, each official position on the field. I was asked by somebody if I would just do an episode on each position, um, and we'll certainly do that. So uh, that's everything for today. Enjoy uh, your summer, and let's go have a great off season. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. 
We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group, Friday Night Stripes, or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes. Show music is Fight 'Em Down by Flash Fluority, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.